You're listening to the God, God Life Culture, Culture Podcast, Podcast, where faith and what's trending collide. Welcome, welcome back to the latest episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. This is Eddie. What's up, everyone? This is Miguel, and we are so thankful that you are tuned in for another episode of the God Life Culture Podcast. We want to remind you, if you have not subscribed, to hit that subscribe button so you can be notified when we drop a new episode. We are thankful for all of our new subscribers and all of you who have come on this podcast journey with us throughout the weeks. Those of you who are catching up on our previous episodes, We just want to say thank you so much for tuning in and for supporting. And also, if you could leave us that rating and that review wherever you listen to your podcast, we would greatly appreciate it. Eddie, how are you feeling today? Today, I am recovering from allergies. You know, we've been speaking about that it's springtime and everybody's looking forward to the great weather. But with spring comes the pollen, the tree pollen, the flower pollens, all the different type of pollens. Um, And every year, without fail, I get a really heavy panic panic attack excuse me (laughs) panic attack um i get really bad allergy attacks and it hits me like if i got the flu or something uh so if you hear me a little like i don't know like i sound like a frog or something um or if you hear me coughing in the background it's i am recovering from allergies but besides that everything is great my family's great i am here i am alive another opportunity that god has given me of of life and you know that's where i'm at at the moment where are you yeah everything is good uh we are uh, enjoying the beautiful weather. It has been really nice out yeah. these last few days here in New York. We're getting a taste of summer, a change of season. The school year's winding down. Our birthdays are yeah. approaching in just a few weeks. It's so true. that's exciting. We have to figure out something cool to do on the podcast for like our birthday. Some okay. some type of something, you know? Yeah. I uh, agree. but uh but definitely it's it's all good and we're just excited to be, you know, I'm excited to be back here. And, uh, you know, we have another special guest with us today that we're very excited to dive into this conversation, uh, you know, with her. Yeah. So we want to take this opportunity to welcome to the God Life Culture podcast, Destiny Marco. Destiny, please say hello to our listeners. What's up, guys? How are y'all? I'm so excited to be here. So honored whenever anybody says, hey, we want to talk to you for a minute. We want to interview you. We want to chat with you. I'm like, me? Little old me, a little girl from the hood, Bronx, New York. I never thought that. BX. Um, you know, BX stand up all day, every day. I'm proud, okay? I'm proud. Um, but I never thought that I would ever be asked to do any of this kind of stuff. So to be asked is such a blessing. It's such an honor to be used by the Lord. So here we are. I'm excited, guys. Yes, thank you. And, you know, something that we always like to do because um, we have been doing a lot of guests on our podcast and we always like to give them an opportunity to introduce themselves. You already said a little bit about it already. You grew up in the hood, BX, the Bronx. (laughs) But if you had to introduce yourself, you know, how would you introduce yourself? Who is Destiny Marco? Well, I just moved. So my introduction, I feel like would wouldn't be exactly who I am, more like who I am currently. But if yeah. I would introduce myself, I would say, hello, my name is Destiny Marco. I am from Houston, Texas. Well, living in Houston, Texas, from New York, Bronx, New York. I am 
26. I'm going to be 27 this year. I have a beautiful son who's two and a half years old and an amazing husband named Andrew Marco. Nice. <laughs> nice, Destiny. Now, you know, you mentioned a whole lot, so we're going to definitely dive into, you know, a little bit about your music ministry, your family as well. But we yeah. always like to start, um, you know, with your church background and your upbringing, right? So, you yeah. know, we we know you through your music and all of the things that you are doing now as a worship leader. Uh, but again, what was your church life like growing up as a child? Were you singing in church from very little? Were you exposed to all of this, you know, uh, ministry life from very young? What was your experience like? <laughs> My church experience as a kid. So I grew up in a very strict um, Pentecostal church, um, which I'm Puerto Rican. So I think that a lot of um, my fellow Puerto Ricans or Dominicans or just Hispanics in general can say, oh, yeah, I grew up in the same kind of church, especially living in New York. Yeah. Um, yes. Back in the day, like I said, I'm in my mid-20s. So back when I was going to church as a kid, that was really the center The center focus of churches in New York City was the Pentecostal, Pentecostal church. And I think that I could speak for a lot of us in my age group and who are Christian today. Uh, growing up in New York, that was the church. You went to church and it was it was either Pentecostal or Catholic. And I was raised in a Pentecostal home. My grandmother was Pentecostal. So we, we were brought up in that, you know. Um, and I would say I was very shy when it came to singing. Um, I do have recently a, a new memory that my mom kind of reminded me of that when I was like three or four, she was at like un evento de damas. You know, everything was like damas or caballeros, like everything was separated <laughs> right. back then. Um, and she was at some damas event and she's like, the pastora me dio el micrófono. She gave me the microphone and she was like, um, we want you to sing today because we always hear your little voice singing from the back and whatever. And I started singing apparently at that age. That's not something that I really remembered. But my mom told me they had to yank that microphone back from me because I was not letting it go. <laughs> <laughs> and I just know myself now so I can picture myself as a three-year-old like, you ain't getting this mic back, ma'am. So don't even try. Um, you know, so that was that was really cool. But yes, I was singing um, as a kid and then I kind of stopped. I became like um, a preteen and a teen, and I kind of wasn't really singing in church much. Okay. And now, you know, I, I know that a lot of times when we talk about, uh, you know, our upbringing as, you know, being in, in Pentecostal churches and Spanish churches, you know, we've had a few guests that have that similar background. There are experiences that we go through, you know, whether it's things like church hurt or expectations that we had that weren't oh. met and things like that, things that we saw that, you know, we may not have liked. Is there anything that you can say that maybe contributed to the person that you are today, something um, that kind of maybe inspired you or pushed you and, and kind of helped you become and mold who you are today? That's a great question, honestly. And, and you know what I love about that question? First of all, I've never been asked that question, which I think is so important um, to kind of acknowledge a place. It's almost like therapy, <laughs> so to speak. <laughs> you get asked a question that you're like, man, that's a, that's a really good question. And I think I think, yeah, I, I growing up in, in the Pentecostal church, and I don't I don't want to offend anybody with saying anything about the Pentecostal church, because listen, you will worship God how you please and everybody to each his own, you know, so to speak. I'm no longer in the Pentecostal church. I'm in a non-denominational church. Um, but I feel like there were, as, especially as a kid, there were a lot of cliques 
when I was going to church. So that goes back to that church hurt thing. You know, like if you weren't in the clique um, or you weren't like part of all the pastor's kids crew, you weren't cool. Or if you weren't part of the kids who, you know, do X, Y, Z, you weren't like part of the cool clique. And so uh, growing up when I was nine, 10, 11, 12, I did like to sing but I was never invited to sing with all of the other kids because all the other kids that were singing were all the worship leaders' children and the dance ministry, their children, and all the all of the people who had somewhat of a spotlight or a name, so to speak. So I wasn't ever like invited to sing with the children's choir. I wasn't ever invited to sing with, you know, the teen choir. And and I feel like that really turned me into who I am today because I've become a very accepting person. I've become a very open person. Like people will write to me from another country and they're like, um, encanto tu, me encanta tu música, me encanta oír tu música. Like, and I don't ghost them. I don't leave them in my request messages box and never answer them. Like I treat them like I've known them for years. I treat them like they're my friend that I just met, you know, like either today or or. I met 15 years ago. I think that has made me feel like, you know, it hurts when someone doesn't accept you. And it's really important to just say, you know what? You may not be from my quote unquote clique, but I want to be friends with you. I think you could be really awesome in my life. Or I feel like I could pour into you. And I think that that definitely comes from that church hurt for sure. Yeah. I mean, I love what you said. The fact that, you know, growing up, you probably, you know, you struggled with being accepted, right? And struggled with that. But, you know, in turn, you kind of didn't operate or live your life, you know, out of that place of hurt, right? Where instead, Absolutely. you know, you are you are now accepting, right? And you have that in mind. And I think that's mm -hmm. great because I think ultimately that's how we create change. Right. I think a lot of Absolutely. times it's easy to identify all of the things that we don't like and identify all the things that may bother us. Sure. But it's hard to really bring solutions to the table sometimes. Right. And and have that change of attitude and change of heart. So I love, um, you know, what you said about being accepting uh, of those individuals who now reach out to you who may struggle. Right. And may be feeling those same things. Yep. So definitely, I think that's something that's awesome. I mean, you know, just recently, not too long ago, you released a new single called Mi Universo, which in Spanish, um, in English, it's My Universe. And, yep. um, you know, I that's where kind of I was introduced to your music, right? Um, I think that's she, awesome. um, you know, a fellow friend, Anna Grace, had posted, um, you know, about your song that was coming out. And I remember, you know, clicking on that post and checking out your music and just being like, oh, snap. OK, another fellow <laughs> worshiper, another person, you know, that's that's worshiping God and putting their stuff out there. Um, yeah. So, you know, that song, that latest single, Mi Universo, what was the inspiration behind that song? I just feel like. Man, I could say so much. I could literally talk about that song for days. My my friend Javi. Um, was the actual author of that song. And I will give credit where it's due any day. Um, I write better in English. I think in English. So I think that I think secondly in Spanish, which makes it a little difficult to write. Um, but we were kind of talking about themes and, and what we wanted to write about and kind of where we wanted to lead the audiences that were listening to this. And I'm like, man, we should just talk about having tried to Try, like trying to find this love and trying to fill this void in so many different areas of our lives and trying to find it in a relationship, trying to find it in validation, trying to find it in, in you know, just people accepting us, kind of like what I just spoke about. 
and ultimately finding that love through Jesus, who's the only person who can give us the love that we're wanting, you know? <clears throat> and ultimately, I think that message came from a place where we were like, you know what? Not only do people need to hear this message, but we need to hear this message as believers. We need to hear this message. We need to share this message as people who are sharing music, who are singing, who are doing spoken word, who are doing whatever the case may be in an artistic way for God. But I feel like it came from a place of us needing to hear this message as much as everyone else who was going to be listening to it. Awesome. You know, on top of, you know, Mi Universo, last year you also released Eletrico. How would you say that in English? Electric? Electric, yeah. Electric, yeah. Electric, right? Um, Electrico, which is definitely a fun song. Um, yes. I love the message behind it as well. And I thought the music video was a fun music video as well. <laughs> and in this song, you have Ingrid, um, Ingrid Rosario, who is also yes. featured on the song. So can you talk to us a little bit about the song itself, but also the music video and the inspiration behind that? Absolutely. So the song Electrico, we were like so excited to just do something fun, do something fast. And Ingrid is such a fun person. Her and I became friends about two years ago now at this point. Um, the music video, <laughs> man, I was feeling, it was, first of all, it was freezing that day. Wow. Like you watch the video and you see the sun shining and us in like our little jackets and our sweaters and we don't look cold at all. In between takes, we are shivering, okay? It was freezing. <laughs> Um, but I was starting to feel like a little stiff and I wasn't really feeling it. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to do this music video today. I'm freezing. And Ingrid was like, come on, come on. We got this. Let's go. And she was like, so fun and so energetic. And I feel like she made that video what it was. I, I just have to be honest. That's awesome. I mean, I was watching the video last night uh, with my wife and she was, you know, seeing it for the first time as well. And and she loved it. And she basically said that she was like, they seem like they're having so much fun together. And she was like, they have to be friends. Like they have a chemistry together. They have to be friends. <laughs> you know, are, it was she was was she someone that even just, I guess, before meeting her, you looked up to her and kind of, you know, followed her music and her ministry? Oh, absolutely. Um, I've listened to Ingrid again, growing up in Spanish Pentecostal church. Ingrid was one of the pioneers of women leading worship. I mean, we had people like Marcos Witt and, you know, men who were the primary leaders in Spanish Christian music. Uh, but there weren't many women doing it at that time. There were a handful, but I would say that Ingrid was one of those people who um, paid like paved the way for a lot of women who wanted to do this. Yeah. And I think another huge thing that she did was, which was legendary was that she was starting to translate covers that were, you know, music that was in English and turning them into Spanish covers of music that was already out for the English community, because there was a lot more music for the English community in that newer style that worship became um, then for the Spanish community, a lot of it was alabare, alabare. like that was the music I was listening to. Right. And it wasn't that contemporary CCM style for Spanish. And so I, I loved that about Ingrid, that she was doing that. And even till this day, like, man, I, I, I we're friends, but I still look up to her. That's awesome. And I think it's great because, you know, as, as part of being believers and in, in ministry and whatever you do, right, you want to reach people. 
and you want to cross uh, boundaries and cross limits and you want to be cross-cultural, right? And you want to have your message kind of uh, spread, right? And have different people understand and and be, um, you know, uh, be blessed by it. And in this song in particular, you have a little bit of Spanglish going on where, you know, there are certain lines and lyrics that are done in English. The song's mostly in Spanish. Yeah. Was that intentional? What was the reason uh, behind throwing in a little bit of English in that song? Um, I think to do exactly what you said, just to kind of reach a dual audience, um, I also feel like sometimes um, the Spanish community is a little underappreciated, so to speak, which is why I started making Spanish music. Um, I, I don't want to sound like, I don't want this to be like a controversial thing, but I just feel like sometimes they're given like the leftovers of what the English side of Christian music does. So, oh, Christian music does something that's a little more trappy. All right, let's kind of do it in Spanish and just introduce it to them. And I'm like, why aren't we just giving them the good stuff that we're giving the English culture? Um, yeah. Because they deserve it as well. Like people in these other countries, they're looking for something different. These young kids, they want to hear a different style. So I'm like, let's, let's go for it. And I just feel like it's really cool. I have friends who speak only Spanish and it's, it feels almost empowering for them when they're able to say a line in English or when they learn an English word or when they learn an English phrase or an English sentence. It makes them feel really good about themselves. So I'm like, how can we make this really cool in terms of them being able to sing a Spanish song, but then make them feel really empowered about themselves and awesome that they can share this lyric that's in English with some of their other friends who don't speak in English? Yeah, I you know, and another thing is that for a lot of us, especially our, uh, those that are from, you know, like New York, you know, I grew up in Brooklyn as well. Yeah. Spanglish is kind of part of our language as well. Like we can Absolutely. be having a conversation and, you know, we go in and out of the Spanish. When I'm praying, I go in and out of the Spanish when I'm talking to God. You know, I oh, start yeah. off in Spanish, go into English, be careful, I throw a little French in there as well. You know, <laughs> it's just that, you know, it's part of our lingo and our language. Um, and, you know, when it comes to reference to the Spanish culture, you know, we've had many artists, um, not many, but we have a lot of artists come on uh, to the podcast that dominate the English language, but have been releasing Spanish music as well. Sure. And there is, you know, a growing appreciation for Spanish music. Yes. Um, and, yes. you know, there is a people are starting to tune in to the fact that, you know, when it comes to our culture and our language and when we and how we express and connect with God in Spanish, there is a uniqueness and a different feeling when it comes to that, you know, and we're seeing a lot more of that as well, which is good. Um, you know, some people may be like, oh, that's cultural appropriation. Stay away from us, Spanish people. Uh, I, I but when, it, when, it's, when it's accepting and when it's embracing a culture and also getting the language out there as well, same thing with the Spanglish, where you're putting English and introducing that, you know, to people that are mostly Spanish speakers as well. You know, it's dual purpose. At the end of the day, what we're trying to do is get the message of God out there. So if you a person that dominates English and Spanish, but God moves you to start incorporating Portuguese into your music, uh, come on, let's do it, you know, because at the end of the day, it, we're yeah. just trying to reach the masses, you know, and I didn't mean to Absolutely. go into this whole spiel. <laughs> go ahead and preach. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Okay. <laughs> no, I got to say it. I got to preach tomorrow on Thursday. Let me say that. Uh, for that. Um, That's a good message. You better use it. 
<laughs> Switching gears just a little bit, you know, last year, you know, was you were releasing a lot of music last year, you know, which is yeah. good. And we're going to get into that as well. But last October, you, you made the, the surprise announcement uh, that you were releasing your first English single called Fourth man and yeah. you know when you posted this new single um and you posted the post on instagram and on your socials you shared with everyone that it was inspired by your late father-in-law can you yeah. please share with us some insight in that song and the process you went through to release it absolutely um so i feel like that was my most vulnerable song i think i would say that because i wrote that song in its entirety um i would say my mother-in-law and my husband um, helped me with a liner, you know, or two there. And um, my father-in-law changed one word in the song and mm -hmm. that, that was it. I gave him writing credit. How could I not? Um, my father-in-law was battling stage four throat cancer. This was his second primary cancer. He had had cancer, you know, eight years ago. And unfortunately a second type of cancer came back, which was very, which is very rare. Like you look that up and it's not common. So wow. he got a second primary cancer, meaning it's a second cancer in his body where it's in a completely different place than the first one. Um, so that's like getting, you know, skin cancer and then all of a sudden getting breast cancer. You know, mm -hmm. that's like completely two different things. Um, and so it was really um, it was rough on our family. And I think that his body just began to deteriorate a lot faster than we anticipated, which was really difficult because it all happened in less than a year. Wow. Um, and so in the very beginning stages of him going through chemo and radiation, just it wasn't working. The, the chemo that they were trying wasn't working. The radiation wasn't doing anything. If anything, it was causing more pain. It was causing burning of his skin. And it's just, if I get into details, it's just, it's gruesome. You know, it's difficult. We had to go through as a family and what he had to go through as an, as an individual. Yeah. And I remember one time seeing him struggle and he was in such a tough place. And I remember saying, pastor, because he was my pastor. I said, pastor, how do you act so normal with everything that you're going through? And he goes, have you never read the scripture of the three Hebrew boys? God was in that fire no matter what. And and I just I just was baffled that he was like preaching this message at me to encourage me while he was mm -hmm. going through his own battle, you know? And yeah. I had just learned how to play guitar. And I remembered that story and, and our conversation. And I, I picked up that guitar and I remember just strumming my first chord and saying, there was a fourth man in that fire because he loved them the way he loves us and those lyrics just began to literally flow and in a matter of an hour i wrote that entire song and i know that it was god i i yeah. know that it was a message that was meant to encourage even if it was one person to save one person out there i knew that that was the purpose of that song I love that. I mean, and watching the video and listening to the song, just that opening line is just so powerful as it is. And I'm glad you sang it, right? There was a fourth man in that fire. 
And, you know, as a visual person, I just picturing that, right. And, and picturing, you know, the things that we go through in our life that sometimes you feel like we're alone. Right. And sometimes you feel like we're going through these situations by ourselves. We often forget that, you know, there is that fourth man in there with us, right. That in our situations, you know, we're not alone. Has you, have you ever faced a moment in your life where, um, you know, in writing a song like that, you know, there was a fourth man in the fire and these lyrics where you are going through something and then you remember like, you know, I did write this, right? Like I did uh, write about this feeling or I did write about this emotion. So you're going through loneliness, let's say, and you're reminded of kind of your own lyrics where it's like, wait a minute, I, I, I know God is with me. I know God is in this situation. Is there a moment where you kind of can remember that? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. I, I think it, as ironic as it may seem, I had to remind myself and my husband of those lyrics the day that my father-in-law passed away. Um, I think it was so easy for us to say, God, why our family? Like we're all, we've already gone through so much. My husband had lost his grandfather just four years prior. And I was just like, why us, you know? And then I was reminded that my father-in-law said, that even if it was because he had to be in a hospital bed, sharing the gospel with nurses and with doctors that didn't know who God was right before he passed away, then it was all worth it. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, someone who could be going through stage four throat cancer, this man couldn't speak. When I tell wow. you he had a he had a dry erase marker and a whiteboard, and he was writing to people, Jesus loves you. He was writing to doctors and nurses, I can't speak, but but the enemy can't stop my praise. <laughs> like <laughs> this man was literally writing on a whiteboard and sharing wow. the good news with the people who needed to hear it. He said, me paran lo pelo when I talk about that. Like my hairs are just all up because I, I just, I can't believe that I had to remind myself, myself of lyrics that God shared with me and I was fine. I was in perfect health. I was great. I was doing okay. My family was doing well. But the man who was literally laying in a hospital bed, so to speak, literally dying in that bed, was sharing the good news and sharing with me, who was fine, that there was a fourth man in our fire to not yeah. worry about it. Though That will forever be mind-blowing to me. You know what? And it's, it's, it's great inspiration that you know and encouragement to hear i'm guessing his last name was marco pastor marco Um, Marco. you know someone like pastor marco who was such a believer and had such a great faith in god that his circumstance did not deter that did not deter that faith did not deter that love did not deter his mission to be like you know what until my last breath I will find a way, even if I have to blink it in Morse code to someone, you know, to share and communicate that Jesus loves you. You know, God is real and he is here for each and every one of you. So, you know, even after his death, you know, that his testimony alone is very encouraging. Yeah. And I, I mean, 2020, we know was a year that was crazy for everyone, right? And even just, you know, this year, we we hear stories of people who have lost loved ones and people who, you know, just went through horrible situations, right? And, you know, I noticed that a lot of your music and even your music videos, you released them in 2020, right? Yeah. Um, in a year where, you know, there was chaos and in a year where there was just a lot of things going on. 
Um, you know, what was it like yep. for you uh, working on these songs and working on this music while living through a pandemic, being quarantined and just having all of this, you know, uh, craziness around you? You know, it was it was so smooth by the grace of God. I, I could never, ever, ever, nor would I want to ever take credit for being able to release so much music in 2020. I released my very first single May 1st, 2020, um, which it just turned a year old a couple days ago. And, you know, I, we were at the church. Our church had been turned into a food pantry in Queens, New York. Um, we were serving, I, I can't even, I don't even know how many families a day, probably seven to 900 families a day. We had given out at the very couple of months into the pandemic, 10 million pounds of food that quickly turned into 30 million pounds of food, turned into 50 million pounds of food. Like the pantry is still open. It's still a thing. And so I would say that that definitely freed up a lot of time for me working at the pantry, being able to say, I'm going to focus on sharing the good news. I'm ready. It's, it's time. You know, I've loved to sing for so long, but I was never ready to do this full time to make it my career, so to speak. And so I was reached out to by an awesome producer named Timbro, who's out in Dallas, Texas. And he was like, hey, we're all in a pandemic, but you want to start making music? And I'm like, absolutely. And that that was even God himself, because Tim and I have so many mutual friends that could have happened at any point before the pandemic, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that was that was God. <laughs> That's all I have to say about that. And you know what? You know, we've spoken about our food pantry on this podcast a bunch of times as well. Um, so it's really great to see how a lot of churches took on the um, the position to not shut away, to not be like, oh, we can't do anything. Let's run away from the people and yeah. really serve their communities. You know, the same thing happened in our church with our food pantry as well and our food pantry team, you know, where it literally just exploded. And, yeah. you know, we saw how through the food pantry, you know, we, you know, were able to preach and pray for people. Absolutely. And there was a lot of people that were going through really tough times. And the food pantry was a place for them to not only get fed physically and get physical food but so many times you know the the food pantry leaders will tell us all these testimonies about people that they had to pray for and to encourage and that they walked away you know with not only food but actual like spiritual sustenance and they were able so to good. make it to another week as well so you know to see how the church of god has been stepping up in the midst of the pandemic and then to also see how god is just so crazy and great that you know in the midst of all of that he also gives us opportunity to grow in ministry as well you know, it's it's all great things. And, you know, we're very, you know, sometimes we we get a little weary about sharing good news about stuff that yeah. happened in 2020 because other people maybe had a little bit more rough. Uh, but it is important to give those testimonies about God's faithfulness and how great he was and how he did continue to bless people. And he did continue to open doors and opportunities, you know, for people as well. Absolutely. It can, the, you never know. It could encourage someone who's feeling down about that year to say, you know what, there is a God. And even though he didn't do it for me, he did it for someone else. And I believe in his yes, promises. 
Absolutely. And, you know, we when we started, before we went on, on live to record, you know, you were like, oh, sorry if you can hear my son in the background. <laughs> and, you know, I was sharing, yeah, listen, I know you're paid because I have a four-year-old and I also have a one-year-old. Um, and having children is a blessing, uh, but sometimes they find the worst opportunities uh, to be little rowdy boys. But, oh, yeah. you know, you do find yourself, uh, you know, in a position where, you know, you're a worshiper, you know, your music ministry is, you know, growing and growing and growing, you know, you're also a wife or mom, you know, yeah. what advice could we give, you know, to maybe a mom that's out there or a dad that's out there where they want to, you know, be able to maintain a balance between being successful in their ministry, but also being a successful husband, wife, mom, or dad? Um, I think my biggest encouragement would be um, having the support of your spouse is huge. I think starting by sharing your visions and your goals with your spouse, if you're married, because everyone's not married and I understand that, um, but sharing even that vision with your mom or your dad or whoever you live with, your roommate, having some kind of backing and support is always like one of the best seeds to plant for a successful ministry to grow, you know? Um, I would also say like sharing whatever it is that you do with those people immediately around you. Like our son is only two and a half, but he like literally will go on the phone and, and want to watch my music videos. will want to hear my music. We'll, we'll like dance when he listens to Electrico or Nada. Mm -hmm. Nada is his favorite song and his favorite music video, but he'll like look for it, you know? And I feel like because I've included him in that, he feels part of it. Even though yeah. he's young and he's little, kids know. They know what's happening around them. They know what's going on. You know, and I think just treating them as as though they're part of your life, too, is really important in every aspect of your life. Because I feel like we can say, oh, he's two, he's two and a half, he's three, he's four. He doesn't know what's going on. But they're like little sponges and they absorb everything you show them and you do around them. And if you show them that you're worshiping God and that you're doing this ministry, even if it's outside of the four walls of the church, they're going to be affected by that. And, and just worshiping with them, singing with them, sharing, you know, who Jesus is with them. Even though you think they don't understand, read them a children's Bible book, like stuff like that. I think that that could really would be my advice, including your entire family, your immediate family, who you, whoever you live with in what you're doing is such a great way to do ministry and not feel like you're doing it alone. Yeah. And I also think that it also makes them part of the process, you know, Absolutely. because there are things, you know, they're not going to be up there with you singing, maybe, or maybe they mm -hmm. won't be part of the music video itself. But mm -hmm. when they're part of the process, you know, it's that much more easier for under, for them to understand the work that goes into it as well. And they're even that much more happy when the blessings and how, you know, when success starts to happen, they're like, yeah, we're part of that, too. Like, you yep. know, we're yep. a part of that one way or another. That's our blessing, you know, just like it is mom's blessing, Absolutely. you know, as well. And I agree. And when it comes to children, you know, when it comes to our boys, you know, every night we pray together, we read them the children's book, uh, Bible mm -hmm. as well. And, you know, we introduce them, you know, to who Jesus is, you know, who God is, what does the love of God do, you know, because it is important that you do that, like you said, because they're sponges, you know, the oh, same yeah. way that they, you know, these kids pick up the latest TikTok trend or the latest mm -hmm. dance or the latest this or whatever, you know, they will also pick that up as well. And I think that a lot of times, 
parents make the mistake of thinking, oh, they're too young. They're too young. You know, when they get older, you know, we'll talk to them about God and introduce them. And it's like, no, B, by then it's already too late. Like, exactly. you have to do it, you know, from a very young age so that they themselves, you know, begin to develop that curiosity with who is God and, you know, why is it that, you know, people go in when it's worship time and they start crying. Let me lift my hands too and see if I start crying, yep. you know, yep. as yep. well. So it is very important to do that and to introduce that to our children. Absolutely. Yeah. And Destiny, you are active on social media. You know, if you're not following Destiny on social media later, she'll give you all of her information. But, you know, <laughs> on Instagram yesterday, you uh, posted a question and you asked uh, your followers who you should collaborate with. And yeah. you were posting uh, some of the responses that you've received. And there was like a plethora of people. I mean, from like Torn Wells to Danny Goki to Christine DeCladio, all the way to Lucia Parker. And we actually saw that Lucia Parker uh, responded and shared it as well. Basically saying like, uh, let's get yeah. this done. <laughs> like, let's go. <laughs> so if you had to collaborate, I mean, I know all of those people are, they're all amazing artists and worshipers, but who are those people that like you kind of have on your list that you're like, man, like I really, really want a collaboration with this person. Okay. So first of all, that was like a super dope, surreal moment. I love Lucia. I have always loved her voice. I've loved her voice for a long time. And to see that she kind of responded and then we kind of DM'd afterwards um, outside of obviously sharing posts on our stories. Uh, and we were like, let's do it. Let's meet up, you know, like let's, let's write together. Let's do it. So that was super dope. But I would say she's definitely one of the people on that list. I would say a few more people on, and this is in no particular order, um, <laughs> people on that list that people kind of encouraged me to do a song with would definitely be Blanca. I love Blanca. I cannot yeah. stress that enough. I listen to that new album that she just put out every day. I love her yeah. voice. I love her her vibe. She's super like she's saucy. I don't know how to explain yeah, it. And she's, she's so another dope. she's another person that is also pushing uh those barriers yes. and pushing the yes. the limits and that that was kind of uh you know those uh what do you call it? Assumptions, right? That that people have when it comes to Christian artists and Absolutely. Latin Christian artists. So I think she's doing a really good job at, you know, being out of the box, mm -hmm. being creative Couldn't and not trying more. to be, yeah, not trying to be another, you know, Christine de Claudio, right? Which nothing against her, but just, you know, no. people sometimes like to copy right and they 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 emulate these people and they just Absolutely. feel like you know I, i'm gonna copy their style i'm gonna copy their flow and in whatever field right so mm -hmm. I, I think that she's doing an excellent job at that i agree i think that's why i've taken to her music so beautifully because i've literally been able to listen to it and sometimes and maybe this is gonna rub some people the wrong way but not even realize i'm bopping to christian music like i love yep. that i yeah. love that i can take the average person who just loves music in general that's not necessarily christian and play them my music and they can say what i'm putting this on my spotify playlist because this is vibey this is popping like this is dope i love to dance to you know or bop or whatever like when i do my makeup or do my hair or get ready for a photo shoot and i'm i'm having people so encouraged and wanting to listen to my music who are not even believers guys yeah. That to me is huge. And those are the people that we're trying to reach. I mean, yeah, let's reach the people who are already saved, but they're already saved. They know where they're going to end up. Let's start reaching out to the people who don't know who Jesus is. And if that's through music, like my style or like Blanca style, 
or these people who are not necessarily saying God or Dios or Jesus or Jesus in their music, let's do it. Yeah. I love that. And again, I'm, uh, you know, recently with all of these new releases within music and all of that, uh, it seems like, you know, we are headed in that direction and just, there is so much variety to choose from, right? You have your, your Maverick city for those who like that feel you have, yep. you know, people like you said, like Blanca, you have people like, you know, Credimidos or Alex Zurdo, right. And you know, there's, there's, a plethora to choose from. We have Danny Goki collaborating with Christine DeClario, you know, yeah. and, and even Danny Goki collaborating with Corinne Hawthorne, people just coming together, right, uh, to work on music and release music. I think it um, is powerful for, for our culture right now, for our, our people to see, you know, these collaborations and see just the power that lies when, when you come together with your gifts, right, and kind of mm -hmm. leave the entitlement yeah. to the side and leave, you know, all of those things to the side. Great things can happen. Absolutely. So, you know, Destiny, I believe that you are part of that as well. And, um, you know, your music and, and your vibe and everything that you're putting out there is not in vain. And, um, you know, we want people to find you, you know, on social media and find your music. So can you just let us know where um, our listeners can find you on social media and find uh, your music? Absolutely. So my music can be found on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Apple Music, Deezer, basically any music platform <laughs> um you can find it on anything as destiny d-e-s-t-i-n-y marco m-a-r-k-o there's a little mess up with amazon music don't ask i can't get them to fix it but it's destiny marks m-a-r-k-s i don't have any idea why they don't fix it for me but you can still <laughs> find it there if you're an amazon music kind of person um, and then on Instagram, I am my most active, even more so than Facebook. You can find me at literally the at sign destiny, D E S T I N Y Marco M A R K O music. So that would all be one word, no spaces, destiny, Marco music. You can find me on Facebook as destiny, Marco, basically anything destiny, Marco. Awesome. So we want to thank you, Destiny, for, uh, you know, being on our podcast, being a guest. We know that our listeners uh, received from this episode. We know that they were blessed and, uh, you know, edified by everything that you shared. And we just pray that, um, you know, God continue to open doors for your ministry and continue Amen. to allow you to reach people and, and, you know, create even more opportunities for you to just impact this generation. Amen. Amen. Thank you guys so much. I pray the same thing for you guys, because even doing this, this is, is so encouraging to so many people. And so I'm even grateful to be part of this. So thank you guys so, so much. Of course. Thank you. And followers, be sure to, uh, you know, uh, tune in to whatever she has going on by logging into her social media, definitely hitting that follow button, streaming her music, wherever you stream your music, be sure to support, right? And as well, be sure to follow our podcast on Instagram at God Life Culture Podcast. Hit that subscribe button wherever you are listening to us right now. And if you haven't left a review or rating, take a few seconds and do that at this time. We would appreciate it 
so very much. So Destiny, once again, we just want to thank you for taking your time to be with us and to have this awesome conversation about your music, about your relationship with God and all the great things that you're looking uh, to do and just expand and to grow. And we hope to hear that Lucia Parker collaboration very soon, also with Blanca and everybody else that was on your list that we didn't get to hear <laughs> either. You know, I, I'm going to I'm gonna leave it as a surprise so that when I see the new music with the new features come out, I'll be like, oh, that's the other person. <laughs> Uh, that was on her list um That's and to our awesome. listeners as always we you know we like to support people let's also support our christian people as well so download her music follow her on her socials if you're an amazon music person like she said it's marks rate the music <laughs> like it but also tell amazon to fix that too let's make some noise for her so let's that she can it. get the proper res- representation that she deserves so once again want to thank you guys for listening to the god life culture podcast that's god, god life culture. culture until next time see ya bye